Welcome to the new TV Gold podcast from Media Week's Andrew Mercado and James Manning, a podcast for people who love great television. Special episode of TV Gold, all Australian, sort of, with Warney, with Riptide and Queen of Oz. Welcome back, Andrew Mercado. Hi there, James. Yeah, look, all Australian, the three big shows. Um, let's start with the biggest, I guess, which should be Warney. Yeah, two-part miniseries. Very, very interesting time slot for this too, James. When you think about it, we're so used to seeing Australian drama, you know, often premiering after the 7.30pm reality shows at 8.30 or 8.40 or whatever it is. It's really interesting about Nine is their programming warning, 7pm on Sunday night which puts it up against Dancing with the Stars, which got off to a pretty good start in the ratings last week. And then 7.30 on Monday night, kind of unheard of to hear of Aussie dramas in that time slot. I want you to tell me what you thought of it before I tell you what I thought of it. I'm a big cricket fan, I guess, so I couch it in those terms. The series starts, I mean, everybody knows the Shane Warne story, basically, whether you're a sports fan or not because he he crosses over, right? So everybody knows Shane Warne. So I I guess it was good to see it start in 1999 where he's he's probably past his best, I guess, on the cricket pitch. He's got some issues physically, um, maybe mentally too. He's been through a lot. Um, And then there's flashbacks to sort of earlier in his career. I've got to say I enjoyed it. Um, it didn't, it didn't really thrill me. I mean, there's little problems here and there, but I guess it was a good watch. It was, a, I enjoyed it. it was, and I found it entertaining, but with a few reservations, but, but not enough to make me think, oh, this is a shocker. Well, I'm not a cricket person, so I really struggled with this. You know, if we, if we compare this to how's that? which is another Australian drama about cricket. That was so interesting, and I was so into that because the story of World Series cricket, um, that there was kind of an untold story to that because I certainly never realised till that miniseries that John Cornell, you know, who was stropped to Hogue's in the Paul Hogan show, was the brains behind that. So that was a, a really, for me, an untold story. And that's what made that miniseries, How's That, so interesting. And Lockie Hume, so amazing as Kerry Packer. Warney doesn't have the same cross appeal, I don't think, for a non-sports person, you know, because there's just so much cricket in this. And I was just like, oh, God, I just I got bored so quickly. And it just the, – the problem with Warney, as you just said, is that everybody knows the Shane Warne story. And there's really nothing in this miniseries that's new. In fact, by the second episode – for me, it just kind of dissolved into here's a scandal, here's another scandal, oh, here's this scandal, oh, this texting scandal. It was all just really play-by-the-numbers stuff. And, you know, I didn't think the performances were great. I wasn't getting Shane Warne vibes from that lead performance. And, yeah, I just really struggled with it. Yeah, no, I'm, I I think I, I obviously found it a lot more entertaining than, than you did. I mean, the things 
that I didn't like the the relationship with Simone wasn't really explored very deeply in that first episode. No. Marnie Kennedy played Simone. Now, just correct me if I'm wrong, she played a young Nolene Hogan in the Paul Hogan miniseries. Now, I've got a feeling we mentioned at the time how good she was. And yes, we, she was good in that. We wished there was a bit, that period went on for a bit longer. We got to yeah. see her. Yeah, look, um, yeah, I mean, she's 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 nice enough as uh, Simone Warren in this. But again, I, I didn't learn anything in this miniseries about no. Simone that I ever saw. And all she really gets to do is kind of uh, look after the house and give birth to babies and, and then get upset when all the scandals start. I mean, it all just is very... Very kind of predictable, everything that goes on in this miniseries. It's, it's not really done in a way that is surprising to me. Yeah, the um, some of the stuff, the I liked all the archival footage. I mean, there's real, you see real cricket highlights featuring yep. the real Shane Warren. Um, there's commentary from nine commentators, you know, uh, Richie, yeah. Tony Gregg, Bill Laurie, you get to hear them, which gives it an, a real air of authenticity. And um, then you get a current affair with Mike Munro when he was hosting the show back in the day. But then, so you've got all this real stuff that's going on, but then Simone in the show picks up a tabloid magazine and it's not Woman's Day or New Idea, which you would expect. The tabloid magazine she's reading is called Shaw Gossip. And you're like, please, why have we faked the magazine when we're doing so much other stuff that's real? Made me laugh. Yeah, and that's what I was I was going to say too, that when you have all that real cricket footage, then it cuts to them trying to recreate cricket footage on the ground where it's obviously a very tight shot. Yeah. You just see um, Alex Williams as Shane and it's just not really convincing. It just it, – you just know it's just them trying to pretend um, and that that's that's a little bit jarring. The um and you mentioned um Mike uh, Munro from a current affair, but how good did the um the young Peter Overton look on? <laughs> True, that 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 was um that really stood out for me. And that Liz Hayes too. There was an an, an older Liz Hayes clip from back in I guess her earlier days when she was working on um on sixty minutes. That was nice to see. Yeah, and um, you know, I really liked Anthony Hayes playing oh. the. The old school trainer. I mean, that was probably probably one of the the better performances in the whole show, actually. Yeah, that was I the one. There was a true character there and, and someone that we didn't know. That's what I mean about the stuff we don't know. It's like, oh, okay, we all know about Shane Warren. We don't really know much about his trainer. So straight away, that character and that performance stood out for me. Yeah, it was a it was a bit of a redemption for him too, because he mentions briefly at the start he just got out of jail. And yep. I'm guessing a lot of people go, well, what, well, why can we learn a bit more about that? But that's, that's never really covered. Uh, Terry Jenner, he was a wonderful cricketer, uh, spin bowler back in his day, uh, sort of fell on hard times and then sort of rebuilt his, uh, brand, if you like, and by working with Shane. And that's, that's really the only relationship that, that goes into, I think, in any depth in that first episode. And yeah, you know, 
you see sort of how he mentored um, the young Shane and sort of got him to work a little bit harder on his game. What did you think of Alex Williams um, in the lead role? Look, he was okay, but I don't really think that that he caught that charisma. And I think it's the material too that he was given. I don't think it's his fault as an actor. I just don't. I just didn't get that warny vibe from me. I mean, it, he always looked like an actor playing Alex Warren, and it always looked like an actor playing Simone Callahan. The one real life person where the actor was what made me think, wow, this could almost be the same person was Shanti Carly as Elizabeth Hurley. I mean, okay. she looked so much like her and she had the accent. I actually went, wow, that actually does look like Liz Hurley. <laughs> Yeah, because um, Alex Williams, in the, I think in his first major role, was probably playing Julia Assange. Correct, like, yep. That's probably almost a decade ago, I think, now. And you would have – now, was he in the Heights? Did you see him in the Heights? Yeah, he was great in the Heights. He was in that for the, the whole series. Um, but, you know, as uh, TV Tonight recently pointed out, he has been in a lot of biopics as well as playing in Underground, the Julian Assange story. He played Kirk Pengerley in – in excess, never tear us apart. He played a, a real life character in uh, Catching Malart about Ivan Malart. So yeah, he he's done. Uh, he was he was in Chopper, the Untold Story, which I think was that Underbelly show. So yeah, he's he's been in a, a few series like this. But you're right, The Heights was one of his long running episodes uh, where he played a doctor. And um, Shane's mum, played by Jackie Brennan. Now you. Yep. You would have, she played it. She was in Wentworth a bit, wasn't Correct. she? Correct. She sure was. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah. So, you know, two parts. I'm not sure. I've only watched that first episode, but I'll, I'll definitely want, I'll be on board for the second. I, I, I really want to see what happens. Um, yeah. Look, well, I watched it all. How they, how they I deal with it. I guess we know what happens. I, I, I just watched the whole thing, but I can tell you, I was, uh, I was on social media uh, for a lot of it because it just wasn't holding my attention, and it was it was going on in the background. But I, I, I did the whole three hours of it. Yeah, it'll be fascinating to see what the sort of business it does for Nine. Uh, it's also on Nine now. It'll be on air, I think, during a State of Origin week. So it'll, you know, that's uh, it's a big week of viewing for people on Nine, I guess. So that's Warney. Uh, Two parts on Nine and Nine Now, um, made by Screen Time. That's Andy Ryan, uh, EP for Nine there, their head of drama. Kerry Mainwaring uh, at Screen Time. She does a lot of lot of good work for them uh, over the years. Uh, writer Matt Ford, who worked on last year's uh, Underbelly Vanishing Act, that story of Melissa Caddick. Yes. Um, biggest, biggest watch show nearly of all last year. So um be interesting to see if he can crack it again with this year on warning. Let's go to Riptide. Yeah. Um very much a soap for for, for me, but also a sort of a, a murder mystery as well. Yeah, well, this is um basically another series that has sort of been commissioned. Uh you might remember that relationship between Fremantle and Channel 10 and Channel 5. So, you know, they used to make Neighbours 
And yep. then uh, while that was going on, uh, producer, Neighbours producer Jason Herbison uh, got Channel 5 to do a kind of short-run crime thriller called Lie With Me. And I really liked Lie With Me. It, um, it starred Brett Tucker and also Charlie Brooks, who was uh, who's really well-known to fans of EastEnders. And this was a similar, and this is a similar thing. He's now created this second drama, Riptide. I think what's interesting about the UK programming of this is the Channel 5 used these Australian dramas as event television. So they screened them for four nights running. And, you know, I, I think that's a really clever way to kind of say this drama is so special, we have to screen it like we used to screen a miniseries back in the 80s and, and screen it on multiple nights. I think it's kind of sad in a way that Channel 10 doesn't have uh, you know, the bravery to go, you know what, there's got to be a week in the year when they're between reality franchises. Give it a go. Like, what What do you got to lose? You're going to stick it on a, a show that's been made to air four nights running as a binge, but Channel 10 in Australia are going to air it every Wednesday night for four weeks. And I can tell you right now, it's not going to get a lot of viewers because the show has been written for you to watch in four nights running. So, you know, I think that's kind of disappointing that uh, Channel 10 won't even try to see the way that Channel 9 are trying to screen Warner at a different time slot. Hey, Channel 10, you know, screen these four nights events as four night events. But, you know, Riptide... Uh, this one, I don't think Riptide is as good as Lie With Me was, but it certainly copies the formula, which is to have a well-known Australian actor. So instead of Brett Tucker, we've got Peter O'Brien, who came back for the Neighbours finale. And then um, our, our EastEnders actress in this one is Joy Joyner. And uh, like the first series, she uh, plays an English lady that's married to an Australian guy. And uh, you see a bit of her home life. You can see that there's issues with the teenage kids, the stepkids. There's a neighbour who comes into the mix, played by David Berry, um, who was in A Place to Call Home. There's an ex-wife, played by Ali Fowler. So it's a great cast. And uh, by the end of the first episode, there is a mystery, and it's definitely underway. Yeah, this was a bit of a surprise packet for me. I didn't really have any expectations and you know on paper i thought hmm i don't know if this is me or not but i really got into this the um look i know nothing about uh joe joiner but i gather she's a massive star in the uk nearly 700 episodes of eastenders yeah uh, she was huge co-star in shakespeare and hathaway again yeah i think did about four seasons give or take um, is it Kieran Griffiths, the other English actor, who's um, he, who's also in there? He, I think he's her ex in this. Plays her ex-husband. Correct, the ex-husband, and he's sort of known. I think mostly. I think he was in the Bill, but he was also uh one of the Maguires in Shameless. That's where I know him from. Oh, okay, okay, but yeah, so she's good. Uh, Peter O'Brien's brilliant. I mean, that's so good. That start of that first episode, it's almost like a Peter O'Brien, <laughs> you know, um, documentary or something. He's in, he's just featured a real lot, and he he does some great work. And he's, you just wish he'd maybe be done a little bit more in recent years, you know, because he's he's just so so good. 
in, in this is just wonderful. I mean, it starts off Joe Joyner as Allison. It all looks like look life's good for her. She's now she's in Australia. She's she's married, who must be a very successful um, businessman because he believes in a. You could call most all I'm almost a mansion by the seafront somewhere, isn't it? You know, it's yeah, very modern house, but it just looks you know be worth a fortune. Um, she's out on the balcony, very happy, but it's sort of uh, <laughs> you soon realise you know all is not perfect. Um, but then things take a, a little bit of a nasty turn, and and there's a sort of one of the lead characters disappears. I don't want to give too much away, yeah, but, um, and but at the end of that, it's almost become a murder mystery at the end of that first episode, and you've got three prime candidates <laughs> who you're wondering, oh, which one of them did it, and maybe mm. a, a fourth, isn't yeah. smoky, you know. So yeah, yeah, I, yeah. There's there's a lot of smoking guns. Yeah, and I've, that's really hooked me in, and I've got to find out what happened now. You know, the production model for Riptide and Lie with Me is get a beautiful main house location, like drop dead gorgeous. You know, the the country house in Lie with Me was beautiful. This one sort of looks like a kind of a it's a beach house. It looks to me like it's on the Mornington Peninsula. I saw in one of the shots you can see the skyscrapers of Melbourne across Port Phillip Bay. I'm like, yep, this is this is uh somewhere on the Mornington Peninsula, but a beautiful house. And then uh you do most of the interiors in that house. But then when you you do need some other sets, do you know what they do, James? They just redress one of those sets from neighbors and that's the production model you know they've got all of these sets there they see you know all of these kind of interiors there in the studios where they they were making neighbors um yeah. and they just get that a, a, a new kind of main location and off you go that's what makes it um i guess a uh relatively uh a, a good budget uh so that it doesn't go over the top yeah, yeah. You mentioned that the, the cast too, um, as well as Peter O'Brien and Joy Joyner and and Kieran. There's uh, David Berry's neighbour Dan, um, long time regular of a place to call home. Yeah, he, he's he's really good and becomes quite a significant player too. Uh, yeah, Ali Fowl is good as um, the snarky ex-wife of. Um, yeah, she people. looks great. It's great to see her in something again. Yeah, and I love the attitude she brings. Brings with her to that role, um, yeah. And Ben Turland is the, I think, the son um, Ethan, who's really not happy about his dad's remarriage. Well, Ben Turland is a graduate from Neighbours. He was so good in Neighbours. Uh, he was married to Mackenzie, the trans character, okay. tragically died towards the end of Neighbours, freeing him up to star in Riptide. And we should also point out that it's directed by Scott Major. Um, Scott, of course, Scott Major, who came from the Heartbreak High days uh, and has been directing Neighbours as well, you know, very successfully. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I think it's all up. I think it's it's a great production. It's good to see um, ten continuing their sort of uh, co-production deal, so they get some good Aussie drama up. Um, good work from uh, creator Jason Herbison, as you said. So it's yeah, really yeah. on ten four episodes, also up on ten play if you do want to binge it eventually. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Let's finish off with uh, Queen of Oz. Now it's sort of. Um, Catherine Tate in the fairly unlikely uh, job of the Queen of Australia. <laughs> no, mad concept. Yeah. 
But this one, um, look, there was a fair bit of negative commentary surrounding this one because it it sounds like it could be just a real bomb. But actually, I, I found it quite funny, and I found myself laughing along. Some of the writing's really great, and um, it's just I just really liked it. Look, you know, in terms of our Catherine Tate TV series, Queen of Oz is a huge improvement on Hard Cell, which is the comedy she made for Netflix that was set in a prison where she played multiple characters, although several of the characters are, were very similar to each other. And it just it just went on and on and on. It didn't seem to have a point, and I didn't think it was particularly funny. But I actually think she's on much surer footing with Queen of Oz. Uh, she just plays the one character you don't need to play anymore when you're playing uh, a bad-behaving princess in the royal family whose behaviour is so bad that uh, she ends up being sent to Australia as the queen to get her out of uh, the UK where she's just getting embroiled in one drunken scandal after another. It's very funny. Yeah, I mean, uh, uh, I wasn't even put off by the projectile vomiting in the sort of <laughs> opening scenes. We've talked about that before and there's way too much unnecessary vomiting, at least at there's a point to it here, I guess. It's the sort of thing that they go, okay, look, we've had enough of it. She's sort of uh, often referred to as Princess Pisspot, which I thought was very funny. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Someone else calls her a fuck-up and a liability. Yeah. So, um, it's a great courage that she seems to have a, a lot of uh, fun with. And how good is it seeing uh... – veteran Australian actor Robert Colby playing her, um, you know, private secretary. I mean, Robert Colby, you know, who's, you know, been around Australian TV for so long from the days of Patrol Boat back in the late 70s. Uh, You know, of course, I'll always remember him. My first job in TV was on Paradise Beach when he played uh, uh, the rich guy and momentarily his name tom barsby he was <laughs> the rich dude in paradise beach uh but yeah he's so 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 good in this and of course robert colby was in those uh latter days of a place to call home also playing a, a new love interest for the noni hazelhurst character yeah um rob collins also turns up in this as the security guard and he has a bit of fun with that role um, yeah I- I didn't see him in the first episode, but I think, or, or the second, but Roger Corsa also turns up in this a little bit later on. Yeah, I haven't seen Roger Corsa yet, and I'm looking forward to Lynette Curran coming into it too. I haven't seen her yet. But, you know, David Roberts playing a kind of a media magnate who's yes. running a kind of the media empire here in Australia, a tabloid media empire, and also really funny, um, you know, Anthony Brandon Wong, uh, an Aussie actor who's been around for a long time. He's uh, the kind of uh, buckler in the the household, way we, uh, way, way. And then we've got, as the Australian Prime Minister, Rachel Gordon, uh, playing a, a female Prime Minister uh, who has to deal with the Queen. It's, it's an interesting cast. And she's got a, I had a quick look at Rachel Gordon. She's got a wonderful CV, you know, from back in Blue Hill, is yep. home and away. And she was in the 12, I think, just what, last year or the year before? Yep, yep. Uh, it comes from uh, Lingo Pictures. And they, they do a diverse bunch of stuff. So that's Jason Stevens and Helen Bowden, the sort of key creators there. Zoe Norton Lodge also worked on this one. 
Um, and uh, the link between this and the last uh, Lingo Pictures production was William McKenna, who plays yeah, Matt, right. the assistant in this, but he was also the star of The Messenger, which we we weren't totally on board with recently, no. I think, on the ABC. Now, look, uh, Rachel Gordon, I don't think that she was in that show you just mentioned. Well, um, but you know, she wasn't in the 12, but she was definitely in, and this is where a lot of people would know, she's definitely in the Moody's, uh, that yeah. sitcom which started off as a, a Moody Christmas and then became the Moody's. Uh, she was the daughter in that. But, yeah, she wasn't in the 12. I don't know who you're thinking of there. Okay, in the 12. Well, it says my my file says she played Emily in the 12. Oh, okay. Well, right, I'm looking on Wikipedia here and it doesn't list it, but I, we, we, I could be wrong. You might be looking at IMDb. I am. I am. So that's my Yeah, idea. yeah, okay. Hey, um, uh, whoever does Rachel Gordon's Wikipedia page, you need to update that. Include <laughs> <laughs> the 12 if she's in it. <laughs> Maybe double check it. Just yeah. in case. But yeah, Queen of Oz, look, I was surprised. I didn't I didn't think it'd be as funny as it was, but yeah, I enjoyed it. That episode two, she's uh fornicating with a staff member, yeah. uh, which is wonderful, and that has a few consequences for it. And there's yeah. quite a few adventures that come up in the six episodes of Queen of Oz, uh ABC, BBC Co Pro. Uh I think it goes out on the BBC on Friday night as well this week. Yeah, right. We're recording this, so that'll be interesting. Actually got quite a good review in The Guardian, which was, you know, I was, I was a bit doubtful how it might come across in the UK, but um, they, they really gave it a bit of a thumbs up. And Queen of Oz directed by hot Australian, particularly comedy director at the moment, Christian Van Vuren. Yes. Uh, you know, one of the Bond stop, Bondi hipsters, uh, Soulmates, yep. that great series. He's uh, going to be one of the directors on the Australian version of The Office that uh, Prime are making here in Australia. So, uh, yeah, he's made, he made, uh, you know, that Christmas telly movie for Stan. He's getting a lot of work as a director. And uh, I think he's going to pop up in Queen of Oz uh, playing a, a bit of a, a role there as well. Why would you not use him? He's so funny. Yeah, no, indeed, indeed. All right, look, we're nearly out of time. First of all, um, out of these three, what's your show of the week? Well, this is, this is tough for me deciding on it, but it's definitely not Warney, um, and I really liked Riptide. But, look, my show of the week is going to be Queen of Oz. It was a pleasant surprise. Okay, okay. Well, look, I'm going to have to go Riptide. Wow, good on you. Because just because I, I've i really been hooked in and I want to keep watching, and, and I think that's, for me, that's a, a, one of the more important measures because, you know, look, Queen of Oz, I loved it, but I could dip in and out. You know, I don't, yeah. I don't need to see them all. With something like Riptide, I want to keep watching to find find out what happens. So um, credit to um, Jason Harbison and um, Frio and um, Paramount Australia for, for putting all that together. Yeah. Now, before we go, what else have you been watching this week? I've been watching series two of And Just Like That, which is the follow-up to Sex and the City. I was 
highly critical of it last year for being horrible. Um, I'm here to say that it hasn't gotten any better. It's still as completely unbelievable as it was last year. The only good thing I've got to say about And Just Like That is it's not the shittest show that HBO is making at the moment because that honour goes to The Idol, which I would point out, James, was your show of the week a couple of weeks ago. And I don't know whether you've stuck with it, but I have an awe. It is just getting worse and worse. The idol would have to be, I mean, it's cost HBO, what is it, like tens of millions of dollars. They've spent this incredible amount of money on it, and it's just such a nasty, awful story with unlikable characters. Like, What are we supposed to take from all of this? It's just, uh, it's just a disaster. So yeah. And just like that, if you, if you want to watch it, uh, because you think there's no other show about 50 something women on the air. Well, that's true. There aren't that many shows about 50 something women, but at least we've got three 50 something Australian women who've been nominated for a gold Logie this year, which would be Julia Morris, Lee Sales and Sonia Kruger. I'd much rather watch something with them in it. Yeah. Okay. All right. Look, we've got some more Aussie drama coming up in the next couple of weeks. So um, keep tuning in to the TV podcast, TV Gold podcast for that. Yeah. Look, I'm, I just hope I'm not going to be too embarrassed about the, the idol come the end of the year. <laughs> When we see our list of favourites, well, I must say I haven't watched the second episode yet. Does it veer off into the direction we thought it might? Yeah, it's just all about, you know, nasty, degrading sex. And it's so try-hard. They're trying so hard to be shocking. And it's just coming across as revolting. It's like, ooh, there hasn't been a single sex scene in it where I've gone, oh, that was hot. It's all just, <laughs> oh, yuck, why are we watching this? <laughs> Oh, dear. Well, that's telling that I haven't gone to the second episode yet, I guess, but I will certainly catch up on it, see if I need to revise my original thoughts. Okay, look, this has been TV Gold. You can email us, comments at tvgold.au. Andrew, thanks for that, and we'll be back in um, a week. No worries. Thank you, James.